Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories of inspiration, hope, and stories that will change you for sure. But before we get started, I want to say thank you to my sponsors here at the studio of the Motivated Mind Group. And this episode is a special, well, they're all special, but this one is going to be sponsored personally by Certipro Painters of Phoenix. They are locally owned by a husband and wife team and trusted for 15 years for your commercial and your residential painting needs. So give them a call. Great time to get a, an estimate. The holidays are about, right? Mm. Nothing like a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> Today my guest is Brad Taylor and Miss Lily of Lily's Pad. This is a project at the moment underway, but soon we'll have groundbreaking uh, information as to where they're located. It is a place where kids can play that have been that have immune compromised systems and that was a lot for me to say because i'm not quite sure what that is for a kid i thought kids were resilient please help me welcome my guest brad taylor and the ms vp of inspiration lily herself welcome thank you so brad um tell me at the age of three is when lily was actually diagnosed with, I'm gonna get my notes out here, I apologize. She was diagnosed with a high-risk acute lympho, lympho, lymphoblastic. I have a hard time saying that, I'm sorry. Leukemia in 2017. And Lily, how old are you today? Eight. So this is when you were three, so that's five years ago. Where did this all begin? I mean, three is such a young age to be diagnosed with cancer, in my opinion. Yeah, so she had multiple ear infections and we had gone to multiple doctors to try to get those cured and we went back for more medications. They changed the medications and finally after about three weeks we took her into the emergency room and um, the nurse immediately took us back. They said they didn't like her color and uh, we didn't leave the hospital for over a month after that period. Oh, wow. um, it was a blood test that evening that uh, led the doctors to believe that she had cancer and then we found out about midnight that night that she did indeed have leukemia and that we would be in for at least a two year fight parent's nightmare to say that your child is not healthy, right? That's correct. Yeah, we went from ear infection to cancer in a matter of four hours. So walk us through this journey of that day being a month you go in to get just a diagnosis that we would expect that a doctor would just say, you'll be fine, let me give you some antibiotics and be on your way, is not what took place. So No, so we were told that we needed to, to pray for what she ended up having, which is nicknamed ALL, which stands for acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, and then the next morning we met with a series of doctors, we signed a bunch of paperwork, and then I remember asking the doctors, okay, when do we begin treatment? And she said, now. Wow. And I said, now as in today? She said, no, there's an operating room being prepped at this moment. You're gonna need to go back, get your daughter, and we're gonna take her immediately into her first operation. So that's, that's how our morning started. Um, Lily was rushed into a emergency surgery to check the counts of her blood. And then from there we began a two and a half year battle that involved about 30 different surgeries um, and over two and a half years of chemotherapy. Oh my gosh. And to think as an adult, when people are talking about going through treatments and how tired they get, I can't imagine being a kid that's supposed to have a bunch of energy and here you have a three-year-old, which usually you have to go, calm down, calm down. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. I know now, Lily, you probably don't remember that or do you? having like no energy? 
No. Do you remember any of that? No. No. Yeah, how probably about, not. How about a kid being able to play? That's where this whole organization is getting started is because the immune system has been compromised and that means there's a lot more out there than just washing your hands and disinfectants and as we did go through the pandemic where we had to have masks and stuff. So could you give us more about how that affected um, Lily's condition yeah. and how that worked? Absolutely. So Lily, Lily was, you know, um, for the first six months we couldn't really do anything at all and she wasn't in a physical place to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but as she started to get stronger, as the, as the chemotherapy started to actually do its job uh, and then they started backing off the chemotherapy, um, we would report to and from the hospital every day. Um, we would usually be there anywhere between, you know, one and a half hours up to seven hours. And it was on the short days where she was only there for 90 minutes that was, were the problems because after we would leave the hospital, there was nothing to do. Right. Um, this is pre-pandemic, but for us, the pandemic was like life previous to that. Um, we had to go home. We couldn't go anywhere. We weren't allowed to go to parks or libraries or anything that we used to be able to do or see anybody that wasn't within like our circle of quarantine. Um, so it was very evident to me as I was watching her go through this process that she was kind of losing her childhood shine, right. the, uh, the spark. Um, it became harder and harder to convince her to take her medicine. Um, it became harder and harder to get her to wanna get up in the mornings and go to the hospital to take medicine that would make her sick or get procedures that were very painful because there was no reward. There was no reward except for feeling ill. Um, so I finally got to a breaking point where I asked the doctors, where can I go? And they said, why don't you take her on a drive? And that was a good advice because we could, you know, control the environment that she was in. And so we drove by a playground and we had already been through the hospital procedures. It was, I mean, it, it was long into the treatment, probably about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, really hadn't been able to go anywhere. And she begged me to stop the car and get out so that she could go play on the playground. And all the excuses that I had used before, there were too many people on the playground, the playground wasn't clean. Well, the playground was brand new and it was empty. <laughs> so I had no excuse um, and she had already had a tough morning that morning. So she doesn't remember this, but- I do. You do remember oh, you this? Do. Okay. So do you remember what happened after that? Um, I had a big fit and I, um, I made myself pass out and fall asleep. Yeah, oh, she wow. cried herself to sleep. Oh. I don't remember that, I'm, I'm surprised you remember that. Yeah, so she, she threw a shoe at me <laughs> from the back seat <laughs> and uh, we drove home and, and, and fortunately for me, she did actually cry herself to sleep, um, which was at the time a blessing because it gave me the opportunity to collect, to, to collect myself yeah. and, and actually to go shower, which sounds like not a big deal, <laughs> but um, when you're going through something like this, you don't sleep you don't eat. Um, and so at that point, I decided that something needed to change, that there had to be some solution. So the next day when we went back for treatment, I asked the, the social workers like, okay, where, where can, what can we do? Where can we go? And the answer was, we don't know what you're talking about. What are you asking for? And I said, there has to be some place that is cleaned like your operating rooms that we can, that we can take her to so that she can at least have some of her childhood. Um, and they said, well, we'll get back to you. And wow. there, just, there just wasn't anything that they could find. Probably because they weren't really familiar with what this really was. And so they didn't have any answers for you. So the, the answer that I got back was that the old way of treating cancer was that they would keep children inside the hospital. And because they had no immune system, they would get pneumonia or a staph infection. And that's how they would actually pass.
yeah. is because of the, the germs that they were exposed to, not necessarily because of the cancer. Okay. And so the newer way of treating it now is where they bring you into the hospital, you do your treatment, and you go home. So the outpatient portion of treatment's new. It's only about 10 years old. Okay. So, I mean, it might be a little bit older, but really it's only been as common in the last 10 years. So at the time, no, there hadn't been any, uh, at least in the state of Arizona, any place that had the, the facilities and the capacity for these ch children that are immune compromised, we call them neutropenic, okay. um, to go and play. And so we decided as a family that we were going to build it. I think it's great. So what is your favorite thing to play on out on the playground because I think you're going to have some sort of input when it comes to this uh, facility. What's your favorite playground thing? I gotta say it's swings. Yeah. Oh, I knew you were going to say swings. Yeah. I love swings too. Do you swing really high and then jump off of them or do you swing them really <laughs> high because you can? I swing them as high as I can get then. I drag myself down to the ground. <laughs> We're gonna have to go on a swing sometime then, because I like to do that too. <laughs> so, Miss Lily, do you have any part in the um, playground that's gonna be at Lily's Pad? Like input on what you want there for other kids to be able to enjoy like you? Well, there's of course gonna be a playground there, but it's a special um, type of playground that kids that have body parts that are not, that they're not born with, like some ramps for people that have wheelchairs and some, and maybe like some benches around so the people that um, really can walk can sit oh. down wow. after a little break of playing. A little break of playing. Do you really get a break from playing? Because I don't. <laughs> Well, that's a great thing. So, um, what grade are you in? Um, I'm in third. So, do you have a best friend? Yes, I do. Okay. Is it a boy or a girl? Girl. Okay. What's her name? Berlin. Berlin. So, what does she think about this whole idea? Does she know about this playground that you're going to be a part of? What does she think? She thinks it's a, um, a good place for kids that um, are going through stuff, not just like cancer, but other treatments. She thinks it's going to help a lot of kids out there have a better life going through treatment and a good childhood. I think that's a good, good observation. Between the lines of treatment. Ooh, so between the lines of treatment, what would that mean for someone that I just heard this statement? Well, during their treatments and while they get home, maybe they can get like a day off and maybe go to this playground nearby a cancer hospital. Okay. So are the adults forbidden to be on the playground? Is it just for kids and kids only? Well, yes, it is for kids. Okay. But it can be different ages. What are the ages? Do you want to know? It's up to sixth grade. Sixth grade all the way down t to the preschool. Yep. Okay. And are you going to be, when this facility is up, and we'll find out where it's actually at, because I know there were some things that happened, and as sure. anybody had things happen with the pandemic, a lot of things that we thought were got changed. But I, I believe that that's a blessing in disguise, it though, is. too. I've learned that in my own toughness of life. But 
Um, will you be the welcoming committee as well as the VIP of inspiration? Mm -hmm. So I do have to ask, because VIP is very important, you know that. What's the inspiration part? Do you remember? No, you said like, you want to be able to talk to kids and tell them that, hey, I beat this and you can beat it too. That's very inspiring. Well, I gotta say, telling them that they can beat it and go through their treatment. And um, they have a playground to play on. And if they need any help, I'll be there. That's very nice of you. Because you've been there, so you understand, right? So to go back on to where this facility actually is going to be. Sure. Please tell us. Yeah, it's in Tempe, Arizona. It's on Priest and Southern. Um, we did have an initial space that yeah. you're, you spoke about earlier yeah. um, on Apache and rural, but that was purchased by the city of Tempe, mm -hmm. and they changed the usage of the building. So mm -hmm. they've been very great, gracious in helping us relocate and moving the permitting through very quickly. Uh, but the new space is beautiful. It's, it's a little taller ceilings. Um, it is a, in a little bit um, easier part of town to access. Um, so we're very excited about it, and, and we're hoping to get the keys by the end of the week. This week? This week. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think it's going to be another breakthrough to Lily's pad. There you go. <laughs> All right. I didn't know that. That is awesome. I got to hear it. Huh? There we go, everybody. I got to Hot hear off it. off the presses. Yeah, no, that is, that is, that is news. <laughs> that is exciting. Now it actually feels real, huh? Oh, my goodness. So now, what is the, so there's a couple questions with the facility. Sure. Um, what's the square footage? About 6,000 square feet. And what is the um, occupancy? Yeah, so that th that's still to be completely determined. Okay. But we're hoping to be able to bring in about 15 children at a time. Okay. We are working with um, Baylor University. Okay. And their infectious disease control department. Okay. Uh, Dr. Deborah Harris is sitting on our board of directors and she's helping us put together uh, play schedules for the children. Uh, we'll be cleaning in between each play session but it's not one thing I really want to do highlight, and I think the children are important, and they are they are the reason that this is happening. But the the parents and the caregivers are also going to be welcome to the facility as well. We created a lounge for them, um, and the goal was to be able to have the children come to a space where they can be kids. Mm -hmm. um, we're partnering with the Arizona College of Nursing, who will be providing us with nursing students mm -hmm. that will be playing with the children. Mm -hmm and watching the children while they're earning their clinical hours for their nursing degrees, allowing the parents to step aside and go into the lounge to be able to meet with one another and speak to one another, but also we'll be offering things like therapy or access to other 501c3 nonprofits um, that maybe they didn't know about. Part of the, one of the things that I believe when I went through it is because you're so thick and, and deep into it with your kid, anytime you have an opportunity to meet with these people, your child's at your side. Yeah. And so there was no opportunity to really learn, read, go through, and, and understand some of the issues um, that could be solved by other 501c3s. Okay. So our goal was to be able to not only you know, give the kids back their childhood, but to also give parents access to the resources that they don't even know are available to them because they're so deep into it. So this will give them about a 90-minute session to allow the kids to go play while they're in the lounge. and. Uh, and then we move on to the next one. So there'll be three sessions, that's the plan. You know, you talked about a lot of things that I are close to my heart and you know, resources in our community is definitely one of them, which is why I also like to spotlight nonprofits, not just individual stories. This happens to be both because right. there is a story behind the nonprofit. 
But when you talk about how we're there by, we're directly involved in our situation, there's nothing more calming and relieving to hear me too. Not all situations are a good me too, but when you feel like you're alone in something and then you meet other parents, like you said, they'll be, the kids will do what they're doing in the program, then they get to meet other parents and they can compare and then there's new friendships developed right. and the list goes on that, you know, we have these groups or, you know, whatever they may be, whether it's a, a grievance uh, group or someone who's a veterans group. Now you have another type of group of parents that are going to come in and say, me too, and then what's going to come of that brainstorming and getting to know the kids and what they're going through as well. One of the challenges that Lily did have is during her treatment, she was allowed to go back into school. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, but she didn't have any hair at the time. So that was a very big challenge for her to be able to re-enter society being different, looking completely different. Right. Um, so one of the things that we're most excited about is for other children to see children that look the same, mm -hmm. that have some of the same issues. Maybe they're missing limbs because they gave that limb to cancer. Um, so they'll be able to gather together and, and we have no idea where this is going to head. Um, as far as we know, there's only one other facility in the, in the nation um, that is doing something similar. Um, we found that after we started the facility, um, but it's not quite the same. We are really trying to build an indoor park okay. for these children so that they feel like they're outside mm -hmm. because they're confined to the home so much. Right. So we really want to get them into a space that's cleaned like an operating room, but feels like a park. Mm, nothing like the, the smell of a hospital or the space of a hospital, right. so absolutely. So with all of the different things you talked about that are gonna be in the facility and how many kids can be there at a time, what would be the process for someone to say, my kid qualifies for this? How is that going to work out? Yeah, so we are partnering currently with Banner. Okay. Uh, that's, that's where Lily was treated. Okay. Um, but we'll also be reaching out to PCH, as our Phoenix Children's Hospital, when, when we're up and running, mm -hmm. um, to be able to have a referral from a doctor. Okay. So there are more diseases that cause neutropenia or immune compromisation than just cancer. Okay. Cancer gets the biggest spotlight because it is the most common. Mm -hmm. However, we've discovered about 18 to 21 different disorders that put children into this space. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just a hugely underserved community. So we didn't want this to be just limited to children with cancer. We wanted this to be something that, that served that entire community. Absolutely. So that, that's really what differs us, I believe, than, than most of our other uh, organizations that do something similar, is we are serving the immune compromised uh, community. community, not just the pediatric cancer right. or one specific disorder. Um, heart transplants, organ, organ transplants are another big one. Uh -huh. um, people that receive stem cells um, are, are another one as well. Any type of transplant requires uh, immunotherapy to be able to al allow the body to not reject the organ mm -hmm. so that puts them in an immune compromised place so so I have a question because I know that the logo is a frog <laughs> whose idea was that was that yours no it wasn't yours it wasn't do you no. like the logo being a frog mm -hmm. what's the frog's name do you remember oh it has a name mm -hmm. I had no idea Trixie Trixie now you chose the name okay yeah so the, the Lily's pad name, obviously her name's Lily. Right. But her nickname when she was a little baby was Lily Pad. It just became oh. kind of a, a, I don't know why, just came a nickname. So that's how the facility gained its name. And then of course, inside of a pond, what do you have? You have frogs. Right. And so Trixie was, was born. Do you realize, I know you're only eight, and I know that there's been five years that have come about, that this is your legacy? Do you know what a legacy is? Yeah? What's your understanding of a legacy? 
okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know what it is? It's like what you leave behind. You and I have talked about this, right? What? It's your story. It's, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to stump you. It's what you're doing right now that when, whenever that is that our time is no longer here, that people remember you by. So you always want to do good. And hmm. you're leaving a really good, good legacy. One of, the fun, one of the most fun things that we do is we talk about Lily's Pad on a weekly basis and where it's at. Oh, would you like to share with me? Where's it at right now besides you just told me about getting the keys at the end of the week? So um, I'm, I'm understanding that um, since you are a part of the team that you do um, follow-ups. So, so um, walk me through maybe <laughs> one of the follow-ups that is going on right now. What's happening at Lily's Pad? You remember? Remember, we just got a building permit, right? We got a building permit to start building. That's right. Okay. And you're going to be out there helping? You're going to you, have a hard hat on? She actually was in the last one. She did some demo demolition in the last I, one. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yep. I was invited to that along with everyone else that was in the community, but I think I was gone, so I'm sorry, and I hope that I'll get to be a part of it this time. She tore down a whole wall <laughs> in the bathroom. Okay. Do you feel good about that? You're leaving a legacy. When, um, when did she actually, and I, I say this carefully because I don't know the right verbiage. Sure. And I don't want anyone to say, you said the wrong thing. Of I'm not I always worry knowing. about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to, but I try to be considerate. When was it that Lily actually had the, um, the I don't want to say clean um, report that she didn't have the cancer anymore? Oh, that was a while ago, actually. Okay. So. Um, she was diagnosed in December of 2019. I believe after around six months, they had dictated that she no longer had cancer. Um, but the remaining treatment was to put her into a spot where it wouldn't come back. Aha. So she had to complete the remaining, they used to stop, uh -huh. and then it would return. So um, she spent about two and a half years. All right, so you're a typical eight-year-old running around, driving mom and dad crazy. <laughs> you can see her face. <laughs> That's funny. So, do you have a superhero? What's your favorite superhero? Wonder Woman. I was hoping you'd say <laughs> that. You know why? Because she's my favorite, too, and I have something I want to give you. Because in my world, I have my own story, but this isn't about me. Time is very precious, as your mom and dad would know, and anybody that knows you. And time with pictures is um, a memory captured in time, right? And for what you're doing is a superwoman in a small version, a Wonder Woman version of uh, being a hero. So I have a watch that I want to give to you that I hope that you wear it. And if you don't, you'll remember me by it to remind yourself of every day that you're given and what you're doing for everybody else that's in your time and in your life. I think Thank it's you. set, but you'll have to check. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. Is there anything you want to share with me before I ask my final question? No? So I'm going to ask Dad this final question first, okay. and then I'm going to give it to you since this is, this is your journey and your story, okay? Brad, what message would you like to leave our audience on this journey? 
What message would you wow. like to leave? That's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about it. Um, this concept and facility was kind of born out of anger, if I'm going to be completely, be honest, yeah. completely transparent with you. Um, at that moment when she had lost you know, her, her composure and um, it, it was a very dark time in my life and in my wife's life and my family's life. She was struggling at the time. Her liver had failed uh, during the treatment, so it was very scary. We weren't sure we were able to, to continue it. And I was so angry at the situation and at God, if I'm going to be like totally transparent. Yeah. So, you know, and it was, it was, the, it was the cry out for help uh, as to why are we going through this? And I don't know that I'll ever be able to answer that question. Um, but I woke up the next morning and this concept was in my head. And it's not mine. It's not my concept. It's, I, I'm surprised that it's not been done a bunch already. Um, but I guess the, the, the moral of the whole story is it, even Lily's Pat as, it's, as an organization has had its challenges. I mean, we literally got done with her treatment and then the pandemic hit. Um, and we actually didn't have her port removed until two months later because of the pandemic. Mm. Um, so, and that, that proposed a bunch of challenges in addition to that too. So I, I guess never give up. Really, I mean, if you look at, we've switched facilities. Um, she switched multiple drugs throughout the treatment. Um, just never give up hope, never, never stop trying, never stop trying to move forward because it was impressive to watch how resilient she was through everything. Um, and I'll share a very brief moment with you guys. When I remember when, when we were rushing her off to, we, we didn't share that she lost her hearing to, to cancer oh. uh, on one ear, not on the other ear. Um, but during that time frame, we found out that she had a fungal ear infection in her ear, in her ear canal and that it was threatening her brain. Wow. Um, and at that point, we had no idea what was going to happen. And this was a month in, and they rushed her off in an ambulance. And I just remember looking at her with hoses and monitors and, and crying. And I just couldn't keep myself composed. And she was three. And she reached up and tickled me. That's a kid for you because they don't know anything different that's going on but we do. She knew I was sad and she just wanted to try to like cheer me up. Oh. And so she reached up and just gave me a tickle and she threw the oxygen mask and tickle, tickle. Oh. And um, I don't know, that moment just kind of gave me that moment. Like if she can see the joy, I'm not the one in the gurney. Right. So just never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Same question for you, Miss Lily. What message would you like to leave everyone based on this journey of yours? Well, who's ever watching this as a cancer survivor or not, believe in yourself. You'll get through it. I love that. That's very powerful. Thank you. Good job. And before we run out of time, where can we find more information about Lily's Pad? Yeah, easily on the website at uh, www.lilliespadaz.org. Okay. Thank you for both being my guests today. I have been super inspired by the VP team at Lily's Pad. If you have a story you want to share, know someone that has a story, or you're a nonprofit making a difference in your community, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And one more time, I want to say thank you to the studio here, the Motivated Mind Group, and today's episode sponsor, Certipro Painters of Phoenix. 
Again, locally owned husband and wife team and trusted for 15 years for both your residential and your commercial painting needs. Call them, it's the holidays. You can get the, a fresh paint on the house before everyone comes and visits. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.